right, I'm pretty excited about this series that we're in, but before I get too far into it, how many of you, you're already glad you came to church, say yes. Yes. All right. Okay, so we're starting a series called Guest Speaker, and um, we are going to imagine today that the guest speaker is Jesus, meaning what if all of a sudden he came walking down the aisle in the flesh? And he came up and I like, I took this Britney Spears mic off (laughs) and I gave it to him. He put it on and he spoke. What would he say? And how would we enjoy the experience? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of pick someone else out, someone different out. Um, And uh, for example, um, in the upcoming weeks, I'm going to talk about what the Apostle Paul would do if the Apostle Paul came walking down the aisle. He wrote more than half of the New Testament. So trying to figure out what he would say is going to be kind of a challenge Um, because he was really big on you possessing and pursuing spiritual gifts. He was really big about that. Um, he, in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, he says, eagerly desire to have spiritual gifts. So if you have a natural gift of charisma or math just comes easy for you, um, my son, uh, he, he, he's, he puts straws together to see if he can put something really heavy at the top of his straw tower. And in his mind, he just has an architectural mind. He just enjoys that. Um, I, I don't even know how to get a straw out of the wrapper without breaking it, cutting a hole in it. Um, he needs to have lunch with you, Phil. And just like, he just, he just likes architecture, right? He wants to like put a tennis ball on top of like five or 10, 15 different straws. And whoo, I did it. I'm like, how do you think of stuff like that? I need duct tape, super glue, and boards and nails (laughs) to figure that out. So you have natural gifts. But Paul, the Apostle Paul, is saying there are spiritual gifts that are beyond your physical senses that God wants you to have. Um, But in the process of him encouraging you to have them, He's also like, hey, I want you to have wisdom once you do. Right? Uh, Let me give you an example. In um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he says, I want you to eagerly desire spiritual gifts. I know today is Jesus' week, but just giving you a thumbnail. Um, I want you to desire spiritual gifts. And one of the gifts, there's a lot of them, but one of the gifts is the ability to speak in another language, speaking in tongues. And he's very um, particular about how you use the gift. Um, This is what he says. Let me read this to you. Um, He says, even so, if unbelievers or people who do not understand these things come into your church. Meeting and hear everyone speaking in an unknown language, they will think you are crazy. How many of you are like Paul had a clue? Paul had a clue. I remember bringing a teenager. As a teenager, I brought a friend to church one time and somebody right next to us was speaking in tongues really loud. And now just so you know, 
I've spoken in tongues since I was six, and when I'm on the front row there, I speak in tongues about half of the time that I'm standing there. But I'm cognizant of the fact that I need to keep my volume at a certain pace if I decide to speak in tongues because of that scripture right there. If I got new people around me, they're going to be like, you're a whack, you're a whack, peace out. <laughs> Are you with me? I remember as a teenager bringing a friend one time and someone was really loud about their gift. And I was like, oh, Jesus, have you ever had sweat like, well, most of you have hair, so you can't relate to this. But like, pink, 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 pink. Now, I had hair when I was a kid, but I could just feel it. I just kept going like this. I was like, oh, Jesus, why, 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 Jesus, why, why? I was just like, and so I'm excited to share about when Paul spoke. Because Paul was adamant about you pursuing spiritual gifts. He was adamant. And you have to have them. You need them. You need them. But he wants you to be wise with them at the same time. The Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about one of the weeks in the upcoming series about the Holy Spirit coming and walking down the aisle and taking the mic. Now, the, the, the name Holy Spirit is a little bit perplexing because... When you hear Holy Spirit, it doesn't really sound like a name, like, like Jesus had a name. Uh, God has a name. God the Father, he has a name. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, it's like, well, what's his name? Well, Holy Spirit. No, I said, what's his name? Holy Spirit. But what is he, the Holy Spirit? It's like, like you're confusing me, man. Like, what in the world are you talking about? See... When the, the word Holy Spirit was written originally in Hebrew, English transcribers, my translators, tried to transcribe the word Holy Spirit, and our English language, once again, failed us. Right? Because we don't have English words to say what the Hebrew word was saying. See, the Holy Spirit in Hebrew is ruach. And Ruach literally doesn't have a particular definition. Ruach means this. Thank you. One person. One person appreciated that. So I know you won't miss that week. The rest of them, they might like go to Shipley's or something. But it, the, the, Ruach means and literally, it means the breath of God. And so when the transcribers had to transcribe, they went, um, we're going to go with Holy Spirit on that. But the Holy Spirit is a person. And the Holy Spirit speaks. We know that because in John uh, 14, 26, is it 1426? It says this, For the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who the, Holy, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. So clearly he speaks. He will teach you all things and bring everything that the Lord has taught to your remembrance. So one of the weeks will be, what if the Holy Spirit walks up? But that's not this week. Um... I don't know which week will be next week. We'll figure it out then. But we're going to talk about what would Jesus say if he were to walk down the aisle and take the mic. This is what I believe he would say. I think that he would have two points in his mind. 
he gave a lot of lessons. He gave a lot of lessons. But if he, if he were to just be here on one day, after all of you freak out, after I freak out, and we get our attention, I believe that he, his first point would be this. I love you. How many of you believe that that would be his first point? I love you. I had an experience. I don't like mentioning it um, because it, it just, I can't put it into words and it frustrates me. And the fact that I can't put it into words frustrates you. And so I, I don't mention it but very often. But I had this dream and, and I was out of my body. I think I was out of my body, but I was in the presence of Jesus Christ. And I could see him and I could feel him. And I was telling this story to a theologian. He's 66, 67 years old. And he had never had this experience. But he had studied the accounts of people who have had this experience. And so in his mind, he's got all these stories. And so when I told him I had this experience, he interrupted me. And he said, what, was it, what did you notice first? And I said, in hindsight, looking back, whatever I'm about to say is about to compare that to all the stories and accounts that he has read. And when he said, what did you notice first? I almost came out of my seat. I said, oh, my goodness. I was like. The love that you feel. This is where my 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 words fail. It's so unbelievable. And then he smiled. Because what he's noticed is that every single person has ever had that experience. They always say the same thing. His love. His love. Holy Spirit, I just pray that your, that your love would just begin to move in this room right now. Would you just raise your hands right where you're at? I just want to stop just for a minute. I just want to stop just for a minute. Just for a minute. And Holy Spirit, just let them feel your love for a minute. Just your love. Lord, whether they feel it right now, or they feel it later. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18. This is, oh, that you would have the power to understand how wide and how long, how deep and how high his love is. Let me continue on to the next point. The other thing that I believe that he would say is he would say this. This sermon is about to be over. This is what I think you would say. This sermon is about to be over. I want you to remain in my love. Like, don't, 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 like, we've had a moment, but don't disconnect from me. Like, don't walk out these doors and forget about this moment. Like, stay, stay connected to me. Like, don't, don't disconnect. Go to work, go, do, go mow the grass, go, to, go do whatever you got to do, but don't, don't disconnect from me. Remain in me. That's what I think his second point would be. In, in John chapter 15, we mentioned it earlier, 15 verse 5. He says this, I, I am the vine, you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can't do anything at all. Four verses later, he says this in John 15, verse 9. He says, he goes, I have loved you just as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Don't, don't disconnect from me. We've all felt that in moments in our life where we feel really close to somebody and then all of a sudden they get weird and it's like, dude, what, what is wrong with you? What, what in the world? What, are, you, are, are you like weird? Are, do you know what I'm talking about? Say yes. Like, don't be weird. That, that's what the Lord would say. Don't be weird. Hashtag don't be weird, right? Like, like stay connected to me. Stay connected to me. Doesn't matter what happens out there. Doesn't matter what happens out there. And you stay connected by constantly staying aware that his presence is around you. That's how you stay connected. You, you stay aware of his presence is around you. So that's what I think that he would say. I think that he would say, I love you. But then his second point would be, remain in me. But my third point, my third point for today would be what I would be thinking while he's teaching. See, if I was on the front row, if all of a sudden he came in, I'd be like, you're, you're up. I'm, <laughs> all right, I'm done. I'm done. And then I would go sit on the front row. But while I was sitting on the front row, I think I would be like this a lot. I'd be watching him, and then I'd go. And I'd be watching you. Right? I'd be watching him, and then I'd be watching you. Because I would be so interested to see who would stay. Now, everybody here, you're like, I would stay. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you would. Because he would be expressing how much he loved And you would be able to feel it. But when you read the scriptures, and particularly, let me say, um, in John, uh, John, six chapter, John chapter 6, many of his followers deserted him. They listened to his teaching. They saw what he was all about, and they left. They saw the miracles, they saw the teaching, and they left. How in the world do people leave? Well, when you begin to understand how his ministry operated, you can see very clearly why people left. Um, tell him I said hi, by the way. Um, <laughs> you see very clearly. See, American culture, we are comfortable with this type of a church service. We, we, no matter what church you walk into, it's pretty much set up the same way. There's a guy speaking, there's chairs over there, you get songs, offering, preaching, see you next week. That's not the way it happened. Like if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you're like, how? what happened when Jesus was talking... When Jesus was talking, please don't do it when I'm talking because I'm not Jesus, but I'm just saying, all of a sudden it's just like crazy happens. One time he was talking just like this and all of a sudden this person on the front row was like, Jesus, 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 son of David, I want to be healed. I love celebration because we celebrate anything. If it's your birthday, we're going to sing to you. Like, we're like, yeah! But think about it. If all of a sudden that happened in here and I was like, many of you would be like, this place is completely out of control. I'm out. 
When Jesus was around, the unpredictable always happened. And everybody wants to be Everybody wants to be around Jesus until they get uncomfortable. And I'll tell you in full transparency, I've had to have a come to Jesus conversation. Because I've told the Lord for years, I want you to do whatever you want in our services. But then when I read it, I'm like, except for that. (laughs) And that. And that. I mean, people were like demon possessed and were delivered. I've been in the room when that happens. You're not thinking about anything else except for that. When Jesus is around, anything can happen. So let me ask you again, if Jesus was our guest speaker, would you stay? This is, you know what, this is a very honest room. Because about a quarter of you are like, yes, I would, and I believe you. And the rest of you are like, and I believe you. One time he was just having dinner and the place was packed. This woman comes walking up and starts pouring perfume all over the place and washing his feet with her tears. And What if that happened? Like right now? I, most of us would think what the disciples thought. They were indignant. If somebody is having an experience with Jesus in this room, but you don't connect to it, are you indignant? I'm just saying we learn a lot when we read the Bible. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> How many of you are like, Jesus, we welcome you in this place, but just like half of you. (laughs) Do whatever you want, but just make sure it's what I want. It's a dangerous thing to ask the presence of God to come in your life. Because what I've learned is that the presence of God is like the wind. You can't control which way it blows. Now we may say, Lord, I want your presence, but only blow northwest. Are you sure you want the presence of God? Are you sure? Look, here's the deal. At a certain moment in every service, I have no idea what's going to happen. In every service. And I am scared to death. but I'm more hungry than I am scared. When Jesus is around, people get healed. When Jesus is around, everything makes sense. When Jesus is around, people receive peace. Sometimes people would walk up to Jesus, sick, walk away, still sick. Get to walk and and all of a sudden realize they're healed. What I've noticed at Celebration is we are seeing more and more 
that God is working the same way in this room as he did 2,000 years ago. More, more. Every single Sunday, without fail, every single Sunday, people get healed. You say, well, how do you know? Because we have a rule here <laughs> that if you get healed in this room, or if you get healed even after you walk out of the room, you have to email the church and tell us about it. You have to. You have to give God glory. If you don't give God glory, you're touching his glory. If I try to take credit for your healing, I'm touching his glory. Nobody can touch his glory. You have to give it, and I can't take it. Are you with me? Say yes. yes. And what I say whenever I think about it is a, a, a back surgeon, if he does back surgery on a person a second time and they're 15 to 20% better, he calls that a raging success. I say, if you're at least 80% healed, tell us about it and then worship your way for the next 20%. Yes. That's not unbiblical. A person that was blind could partially see. And then Jesus prayed for him again, and he was completely healed. Sometimes you have to worship your way to the next 20%. But it doesn't always happen in this room. Sometimes it's after you leave. I'll give you an example. Federico and Catalina, would you guys come up for me, please? And um, this is exactly what happened to them. Um, and uh, I, I love it. Because uh, they were thinking some of the perplexing thoughts that many of you think. You're like, I, I don't know if the healing stuff is real. Catalina, tell everyone your thoughts. Okay, uh, everything started happening when we came to uh, Randy Clark's services back in February. We stayed through the whole service. Um, I was in doubt. Uh, we saw people getting healed. We went home. Next week, we came to church. We kept seeing people getting healed. So on our way home that specific Sunday, I remember my husband asked me, do you believe what's happening at Celebration Church? And I say, I want to believe. And he say, why? And I say, because myself, I'm experiencing my life emotionally and mentally, spiritually healed. God healed me from past sexual abuse, depression. But I was very in doubt of the physical touch heal that I was seeing at church. So we kept coming to church, and um, one Sunday, still, you know, came to church, same thing, went home, and when we got home, my husband was in the kitchen, and he said to me, touch my back. It was really, really hard, so um, I tell him to share the story. Hi, guys. Um, well, just the same as, as my wife just expressed, we... We come from a ministry called Center of Recovery, and we know what it is to work, steps, do stuff to eventually have that miracle. And, and we get to see miracles every week when we go to that ministry, and, and we see them walking, people that should be dead, stuff like that. So we've seen the emotional part, the spiritual part, when you work it, just like, like said Pastor mentioned it. You know, probably sometimes you worship your way into a miracle before. But never experiencing the immediate healing. Um, and it was scary in a way because we didn't know what was that, you know. And for, for some time I doubted it too. And 
I kind of put it to test, like Thomas would do, you know, like, touch it, you know? Feel it, it's there. And when this happened, you know, if I felt heat extremely hot, and I told her, uh, I've been dealing with back problems for a long time, and it put me a couple, of, a couple of weeks in the hospital, and I went through a small surgery on it. And after that surgery, I, I couldn't bend. Every time I would bend, I would, I would hurt, like I would, have to do it really slow and kind of take precautions, you know, bend your knees and stuff like that. And when I felt the heat, I told her to touch it, and it was extremely hot. And I was like, wait a minute, let me, let me, let me do something. I started bending over, try to provoke the, the pain, you know, try to provoke the uh, uncomfort on it, and, and it didn't happen. And something I didn't mention in the center piece before, we waited two weeks before I told Pastor Frankie, what happened? <laughs> and it's been since Easter Sunday, and we're telling you the story today. And Woo! Woo! I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, if if you're skeptical, don't feel bad about it. You've never been around this in your entire life. So for you to be skeptical, that's normal. God is not going to hold something back from you because you're skeptical. That's not how he is. You remember my first point? He would just express how much he loves you. You being skeptical is not even going to be on his radar because that's going to take care of itself. The only thing I want you to do is to do what they did. Say, I'm skeptical, but I hope it's real. That's all I want you to do. And God will show you that what's happening is real. In Acts chapter 14, verse 3, it says that the disciples preached the message of grace boldly. Yeah. So when I come up here, I preach with as much boldness as I possibly can. Because the rest of that verse says, the disciples preached the gospel of grace boldly. And the Lord proved that their message was true by giving them power to do signs, wonders, and miracles. So when you come in here critical, I'm okay with that. Just come in here. Listen. And the Lord will prove it. I won't prove it. The Lord will prove it. The Lord will prove it. Put your hands together for that. Now, this is the part of the service that I never know what's going to happen. It it makes me nervous. It makes me scared. But... This, I feel led to encourage somebody in particular. And um, before I point at you, I just want you to know that I'm just going to encourage you. And uh, it's a scripture. Um, it's a gentleman right here in the gray shirt with the glasses right here. Would you stand up just for a minute? I'm just going to encourage you just for a second. So I looked at you a minute ago, and this scripture came to my mind. It's in 1 Corinthians it's 4 verse 8 no 1 verse 8 it says this I speaking of God I will keep you strong until the end he will keep you strong so I don't want you to say I'm not strong enough I keep messing up I'm I, I'm I'm um, I, I'm not strong enough, I can't do this, I can't do this. 
You can't do it, and none of us can. But the Lord wants you to know, He will keep you strong until the end. He will keep you strong. He will keep you strong. If you need a healing in your body, I know that this feels awkward, but I'd like for you to come out of your seat and come down here. I know there's going to be a lot of you, so I want you to get as close as you can. If you need a healing, a cancer, bone, whatever it is, I want you to come down as close as you can. 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 The only thing I ask is that if you get healed, if you get healed, that you tell us about it in the morning. Before our church started growing as fast as it is, I could hear the testimony out there in the lobby. Um, but now, things are, I, I can't hear the testimony. I just need you to email so I can hear about it. Just raise your hands right where you're at. Just raise your hands right where you're at. Would you stand up on your feet and just extend your hands? Even if you're a new believer, you're not even you're not a member here. Just extend your hands right where you're at. And what I want you to do, church, is I want you to pray for them. But I want you to pray as if it's already happened. I want you to just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. Holy Spirit, without you, we can do nothing. Without you, we can do nothing. Begin to move in this room right now. If you're standing here on the front row and you need a healing in your body, look at me if you need a healing. Look at me. If it's something physical, like this young lady in the wheelchair, I'm so happy you're here because you might be our first person to get out of a wheelchair. But this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. I want you to provoke what you need healed. So in Federico's case, he needed his back to be healed, and so he began to move it. I want you to move it, to try to cause the pain to happen. And as you are trying to cause the pain to happen, what you'll notice is it will begin to go away. Not every single person gets healed traditionally, but today may be the day where every person gets healed. I always expect for every person to get healed. So begin to begin to provoke it right now, because I believe it's every one of you that this is that special day. In the name of Jesus, I speak to your bones in the name of Jesus to be completely healed. To every vertebrae and every nerve, I speak to cancer, I speak to eyes in the name of Jesus to be completely healed in this room. Let's give the Holy Spirit an opportunity. Father, we love you. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Extend your hand with healing power. Lord, we love you, Jesus. I don't want you to move, but if you know this song, worship team, if you can help me. 
I don't want you to move. If you're down here, I want you to continue to provoke the pain. Now, some of you, you can't provoke it because it's internal. If it's internal, I just had this thought come to my mind. Look at me. If it's internal, I just had this thought come to my mind. I want you to picture it. And I want you to picture it going away. Whatever it's in you, I want you to picture it going away and just start saying thank you, thank you. That's how you're going to provoke it. I want you to picture it in your mind and say thank you. I want you to see it in your mind going away and just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. You are awesome in this place. Can somebody help me sing that song? You are awesome in this place. Mighty God. You are awesome in this place. Mighty God, you are awesome in this place, Abba Father. There's nobody in this building except you.
something powerful when we're in one mind and one accord. Would you just raise your voice in this room, everybody in this room. I want the worship leaders to not even use their microphones. But I want to hear you guys sing. I want the Lord to hear you sing. See, sometimes we sing in solo, but then every once in a while we sing in concert. Would you just raise your voice? Just I know some of you are uncomfortable with that. I understand. But we've already talked about that. The more of God we experience, the more uncomfortable we're going to feel. Is that you, Lori? Amen. Give the Lord a standing ovation. We love you.